0: As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and this is Monday. And tonight, we're going to begin a brand new subject in our Home Group. And the we is me, Denise Renner, and Maxime Miasnikov. Hey, guys.
1: Hi, Rick and Home Group. Welcome. Welcome. We are so excited about being with you tonight. You know, I know we say that every time, but it, every time it is absolutely the truth that we are so grateful and honored that you would take this time, your precious time, to be with us. We love you.
0: Maxine? Uh, good evening, friends. I'm absolutely excited to be here, and it's a great honor of, for me, of course. Well, when we all showed up on the couch tonight, we looked at each other and said... <laughs> Uh, think we ought to dress in black tonight? Look at us, all of us dressed in black.
1: (laughs) I know, and we don't even ask each other.
0: We just showed up and here we were. But tonight we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about pastoral ministry. We need to know what the Bible says about pastors. We all have a pastor. Mm -hmm. Even I have a pastor. And we need to know what the Bible says about pastors. I think it's important to understand what pastors go through. You know, people see the pastor on the platform He looks so nice. And people often don't think what goes on in his life, what does he deal with? Pastors deal with a lot. They deal with people 24-7. They never have a free moment because even if they're on vacation, they're on call. If something tragic happens in the life of a church member, a pastor has to be there, has to come home from vacation. It is the constant care of the church. That's what the Apostle Paul called it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It is really a great responsibility. And tonight we're going to be talking about statistics about pastoral ministry. It's quite alarming, but I think it's good for us to hear them because it helps us know how to pray for our pastor. It's going to be good tonight, but I want you to have the whole series. There's a download called Pastoral Ministry. It's free, so download yours right now. And there's a series, an audio series that comes with it. You can get it right now renner.org. And we're offering you my book called Chosen by God. Please go online and order this now. And if you need prayer, remember that we are here for you and we want to pray for you. You can send us an email at prayer at renner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to begin to really pray for you. But hey, we have a little thing tonight for show and tell. Look what we have on these tables. These are shepherd staffs. Yes. And I brought all kinds of shepherd staffs. These are real shepherd staffs, including one that was made just for me. Look at this. It's really pretty. Isn't that beautiful? It's really It pretty. even has my initial on the top. It has a bear in the top because the bear is the symbol of Russia and it's where we live. Somebody made this for me. Wasn't that sweet? It has serpentine stone, which is inset into it because serpentine is a stone from Russia and all along the staff is engraved the words of the 91st Psalm. Is that just the coolest thing? Wow, That was quite a gift. But you know, David wrote in the 23rd Psalm and he said, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. There's two things in that, a rod and a staff. Well, the staff was used to direct the sheep, to direct the sheep. That was the one end of the shepherd's staff. The rod was used for correcting the sheep. What you experienced depended on you. If you were in line and if you were leadable, then you experienced the one end of the staff. But if you were out of line, you experienced the other end of the staff and David says regardless whether I'm in line or out of line I'm just so glad that God loves me enough that he's going to lead me he's going to guide me and if needed he's going to correct me thy rod and thy staff both part of God's pastoral ministry in my life it comforts me praise God that he leads us and if needed he corrects us
1: and and uh, Rick on the on a real a shepherd's staff, there's a hook.
0: On well, we panel. got one right here, let's oh, show them.
1: Yeah,
0: let's show that. Let's show them. Okay, here, now this looks like it's just a branch broken off of a tree, it's not. This is a real shepherd's staff from the Caucasus regions in the southern part of the former Soviet
1: Union. And so Union. see this- This is from Georgia. See this hook? So if a sheep was really in danger, this hook-
0: Would pull would them out of danger.
1: Pull him right out of danger. Don't you love that about God's Word? It just comes at the right time and it just pulls us right out of danger.
0: But if the sheep was out of order, he would turn it around and would use the other end-
1: Boink, boink, boink.
0: To get the sheep yes. back in order. And God does these same things for us. He is a shepherd. And he has given shepherds to the church.
1: Oh, he's a good shepherd. That's what the Bible says. He's let's, a good shepherd.
0: Well, we're going to see that in Friday. Oh. But let's go to Ephesians oh, 4.11. God. And Ephesians 4.11, Paul is writing about fivefold ministry. And he says, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors. And you understand it means some teachers. And I want to point out, it says he gave some. He gave some apostles. That means apostles are not on every street corner. He gave some. This is a rare gift that is to be appreciated. He gave some prophets. Everybody is not a prophet. Now, I know that today, if you look at Christian magazines, it looks like everybody is an apostle and a prophet. They're not. They just don't understand what it means to be an apostle or to be a prophet. People misuse these terms, and they dilute them. These gifts are not on every street corner. They're rare. They are gifts to the church to be appreciated. And Paul said he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and you understand some teachers. But the word pastors is the Greek word poimen, and really the word pastors is a bad translation. It is the Greek word for a shepherd. It depicts a shepherd or one who tends. Now listen to this because it's bigger than you think. One who tends rules, governs, feeds, guards, guides, and protects a flock. Now that is a big job assignment. (laughs) Let's listen to that again. One who tends, rules, governs, feeds, guards, guides, and protects a flock. All of that is involved in what we call pastoring, but in fact it is a Greek word poimen, which really is the word for shepherds. And if you're going to translate this verse correctly, it would say, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some shepherds and some teachers. A pastor is a shepherd, mm. and his job is to tend, to rule, govern, feed, guard, guide, and protect a flock. And it is a great privilege to be a pastor. I am a pastor. Denise and I have been serving in pastoral ministry for our whole ministry. Our whole ministry. We began, I began as one of several pastors in a university church. Then, when we got married, I was an associate pastor in a Baptist church. Then, I served as pastor in our own church for a period of time. And then, ever since we've been in the Soviet Union, we've been pastoring in some way, including pastoring pastors. Mm -hmm. so our lives have been given for pastoring people and you know what my mother taught me more about pastoring than anybody my mother of course was a woman and we were in the Southern Baptist denomination and in that denomination women were not allowed to be pastors but my mother had a gift for pastoring she pastored everything that moved even though she was not an official pastor she cared for people she tended after people she helped people she taught people she fed people I learned more about taking care of people from my mother than anybody else. And she said to me all the time, Rick, there's no greater privilege in life than ministering to God's people. She put that so deep in me. And I think it's interesting that 93% of pastors, 93% of pastors feel it is a privilege to be called into pastoral ministry. And it is. I don't know about that other
1: 7%. (laughs)
0: But 93% believe it really is a privilege. 72% of pastors work between 55 and 75 hours a week. Personally, I think that number is a little low. I think pastors work much more than that because they're on call 24 7. But the statistics show that 72% of pastors work between 55 and 75 hours a week. 84% of pastors feel they are on call 24-7. Well, Denise, I don't even know how that could be 84% because if you're a pastor, you are on call 24-7, 24-7, you're on call. If there's a problem in the church, who are they going to call? They're going to call the pastor. If there's a problem with the building, sometimes they're going to call the pastor. If there's a problem with an employee, they're going to call the pastor. If somebody dies in the church, they're going to call the pastor. If somebody goes to the hospital, they're going to call the pastor. And when you've got a lot of people in your church, it means the possibility of you getting a call increases all the time. Pastors are on call 24-7, even when they go on vacation. You know, when Denise and I got married, I was a pastor. We went on our honeymoon and I was on call the whole honeymoon, getting phone calls, checking on people. That's just because it goes with pastoral ministry. 78% of pastors report having their vacation and personal time interrupted by ministry duties or expectations. That goes along with what I'm saying. You're on call 24-7 when you are a pastor. Think of that number. 78% of pastors report having their vacations and personal time interrupted. Well, Denise, we know that's the truth. We know that's the truth. It just goes with pastoral ministry. Sixty-five percent of pastors feel they've not taken enough vacation time with their family over the past five years, and there are reasons for that. Sometimes pastors are not adequately paid, so they don't have the money to go on vacation. Sometimes they're pastoring a smaller church, so they don't have anyone to stand in their place while they're gone. They just feel they can't be away. And sometimes pastors just feel guilty about taking a vacation. In the first 15 years that we were married, we never took a vacation. Is it true, Denise?
1: It's absolutely true.
0: 15 years. I remember the first vacation we took, it was with our family. We were already living in Riga by that time. We had never taken a vacation. And we went to Rome.
1: We did and we had a great time. We
0: did and it was our first vacation in 15 years. And I remember feeling like, what, what are we doing? How can we be on vacation? I felt guilty. And that's why I want to tell you that 28% of pastors, 28% of pastors report feeling guilty for taking personal time off. Aren't these statistics amazing? It's shocking. Are they shocking to Absolutely. you, man? Absolutely. Why? That they feel guilty, they serve all the time and they feel guilty.
1: But thank God there are people with such sense of responsibility. Thank God.
0: Well, pastoral responsibility is responsibility. That's that's what it is. Listen oh, to this. Rick,
1: can I say one thing about sure. that? Sure, sure. Because it's not right. It's not right that they feel guilty. And it's not right to their families if they just work, 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 work all the time and never take time for their family. It's destructive for the family.
0: Well, but there are reasons for it. I mean, pastors may not know who's going to stand in their position. If they have a smaller church. That, have, that financially struggles. Well, if they invite somebody, they're going to have to give that special speaker a, a offering. I mean, their pastors don't do bad to their families on purpose. But
1: you know, Rick, I want to say this because you did this. I did you were what? Creative in bringing. Of course, I was with you, but in bringing our family together and doing what we were doing together, we'd our boys never felt like they were over here, and we were over there. They felt like they were part.
0: Well, 48% of pastors agree. They often feel the demands of ministry are greater than they can handle. 48%. That tells me that they're not pastoring correctly. They need to have a team. They need to have people serving alongside of them. And they need to be growing personally as individuals. If you don't grow as an individual, pastoral ministry will eat you up but 48% of pastors feel the demands of ministry are greater than they can handle. 35% report the demands of the church deny them spending personal time with their family. Well, we went through that when we were younger and we had to construct evenings that were just for our family. We set it aside, just like we would consecrate time for studying the Bible or consecrate time for visitation, we consecrated time for family and we had a number of years when I wouldn't allow anyone to call our house for two hours every evening. Two hours every evening was consecrated for our family, but we had to build that into our life because if we didn't, the phone would have rang off the wall. But you know what, when we said, this is important, we need this family time, people honored that and they were very respectful of it. All right, 66% of pastors report that church members expect to minister and family to live at a higher standard morally than themselves. Well, welcome to the ministry. You're supposed to be an example. That's just the way it is. Seventy-five percent of pastors report a significant stress-related crisis at least once in their ministry. Once in their ministry? (laughs) We've had more than one. We had stress-related events happen over and over and over and over and over with staff members and financial problems. I mean, the list is so long. And when you are the pastor of the church, you feel the brunt of all those things more than anybody else. 80% of pastors have felt unqualified and discouraged in their role as pastor at least one or more times in their ministry. I think that's normal. I think that's normal because as the church grows you begin to feel like, wow, I've got to grow more. I don't feel qualified to lead this work. A pastor has to be constantly growing. If you're not growing, your church is not going to grow. It's a terrible thing when your church is growing faster than you. And a pastor has to be committed all the time to read his Bible, to read, to study, and to study even more than the Bible. Denise can tell you, I study history. I study politics. I study economy. I'm studying, studying, studying because I want to remain on the leading edge. I have to if I'm going to stay out front. 52% of pastors feel overworked and cannot meet their church's unrealistic expectations. 54% of pastors find the role of a pastor to be overwhelming. I just think these statistics are very interesting. 33% of pastors report they have experienced a significant personal attack at their church. And 80% of pastors will need to confront some kind of conflict in their church in the immediate or near future. Do you enjoy conflict? Probably not. Well, when you're the pastor of the church, you have to deal with conflict all the time. This is one of the stress-related events that happens to a pastor. He has to deal with people. Sometimes a pastor has to deal with ugly people. He has to deal with people that are embittered. He has to deal with people who misunderstood something. And you know what I found out? Most conflicts in the church are the result of misunderstanding. But the pastor's got to wade into the middle of it. He's got to deal with it. He has to deal with conflicts and attacks and the staff. It is amazing. And then what is just amazing to me is when the pastor's giving his life and then some crazy rumor begins to be circulated or something shows up in social media, here he is giving his all and some stupid statement is made that has no resemblance to the truth, it's very stressful. It's very stressful. And a pastor has to have strong relationships to undergird him. He needs to have a good relationship with his spouse, a good relationship with his family, good relationship with the top members of his team. He needs to have that because he's going to deal with stress. He's probably going to deal with attack because it's just what the devil does. 53% of pastors Are concerned about their family's financial security, 53%. So while they're ministering to others, they're worried about how they're going to pay their bills, 53%. That is enormous. It is very hard to minister to others when you're strapped financially and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills and secretly you're wondering, How are we going to help people? I remember when I was a boy in our denominational church, we had business meetings on Wednesday nights about once a quarter. And I can remember one business meeting very clearly when the deacons were all debating whether the pastor deserved a pay increase. Isn't that awful to think that's being discussed in front of the whole church? We were all there because it was business meeting. And I remember as a boy, one deacon saying, of course he doesn't deserve a pay increase. Why should we give a pay increase to anybody who can spend $20 on a leather belt? That belt he is wearing costs $20. If somebody can afford a belt that costs $20, they don't need a pay increase. And I can remember looking at the face of my pastor, his entire countenance fell. Do you know the pay increase he wanted? He wanted a gasoline expense account to help him to go minister to people. And he wanted a library expense account so he could get some books to study. That's for the church. That's so he can feed the church. Here he was trying to serve the people and they were ridiculing him for having a $20 belt. I remember that so clearly. And 53% of pastors are concerned about their families financial security. Listen to this. 40% of pastors report a serious conflict with a member of their church at least once in the last year. Well, we've already covered that stress-related events. 35% of pastors battle depression or fear of inadequacy. 35% of pastors deal with fear. Whew. Listen to this. Or depression. 26% of pastors report being overfatigued. fatigued 28% of pastors report they are spiritually undernourished. 70% of pastors report they have a lower self-image now than when they started in the ministry. Now, when I see all of that, I see mistakes. I see mistakes. For example, if you're dealing with depression, my guess is you may not be eating right may not be exercising. We'll get to that in just a moment. You're probably working too much. If you're overfatigued, you're doing something wrong, you have to bring balance into your life. You have to create structure to be successful in the pastoral ministry. And if your self-image is low, then you need somebody speaking into your life to encourage you. Wow. But that leads us to the next point. Seventy percent of pastors do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. Well, of course. Who are they going to talk to in their church? Pastors don't feel they can talk to somebody in their church. We understand that. So a lot of pastors and their wives live in isolation. They deal with things privately. They don't tell anybody else. And you know what? You need somebody else to be speaking into your life. Well, Denise and I really had to deal with this because we didn't feel we could develop real close friendships with the members of our church. We really didn't have any pastors we could speak to because all of our friends lived on another continent. And so we had to structure our lives in a way to have input into our lives. And we had to be very deliberate about making friends. It was easier for me than for Denise.
1: I really suffered in this area um, because... I really got isolated and it's a really lonely place to be and to think that you can't talk to anybody. And people look at you like if you're in the ministry, your pastor, your pastor's wife, like your life is perfect. You have no problems. That is not right that is not right at all. And problems come and maybe you get to talk to somebody, but maybe that pastor's wife, she's not talking to anybody or that pastor, he's not talking to anybody. And you, for me, you just keep what I did. I just kept all these problems inside of me and it gets awfully dark in there and it's a place where the enemy can come and he can lie and he can embellish things and you start to feel like you're in a huge trap and that is not God's will and I just want to encourage you if you are a leader or maybe you're just listening and you're in isolation for whatever reason reach out to somebody somebody that you trust.
0: And it may need to be somebody outside your church. Yeah. That's what we had to do.
1: Because because it's not God's will for you to live inside of that trap.
0: 33% of pastors do feel that they are isolated. 33%. That is an enormous number. 27% of pastors feel so isolated that they report not having anyone to turn to for help in a crisis situation. I praise God that's not true of you and me. We have people who speak into our lives, but we're very deliberate about staying in touch with them. We're determined we're gonna have people in our lives that can help us, and it's reciprocal. We help them, they help us, it's a great relationship. 57% of pastors feel unfulfilled, discouraged, stressed, and fatigued. That's amazing, they feel fulfilled, on one hand, but on the other hand, they're distressed, they're discouraged, they're fatigued, and 50 plus percent, now listen to this, 50 plus percent of pastors are unhealthy, overweight, and do not exercise. Well, if you would just eat right, if you would lose weight and exercise, life would already feel better. I can personally testify to that. You need to exercise. I exercise every day, I did it this morning, I did push-ups this morning. First thing I did, I do it every single day. I don't depend on my feelings to do it. I just do it just like I brush my teeth. I do my push-ups. It makes me stand up straighter. It helps me feel better. I eat right. I have my family encourage me to eat right. You'll feel better generally if you'll just take care of your body, which is, by the way, the temple of the Holy Spirit. 71% 71% of churches have no plan for a pastor to receive a periodic sabbatical. Every pastor needs a break. But listen to this this is what's really shocking. 250 pastors, Maxim, are you listening to that number? Absolutely. 250 pastors leave the ministry every month and never return. 250. Whew. Only one out of every 10 pastors will actually retire as a pastor. They don't make it to the end. That means nine out of every 10 fall out of the race. That is just alarming, that's alarming. But in Ephesians 4 verse 11, the Bible tells us, Christ gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, shepherds, and teachers. It doesn't matter whether you're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. You have to take care of yourself if you're going to stay in the race. It's a big job that God gave to pastors. Let me read to you again this word, pastor. Pictures one who tends, rules, governs, feeds, guards, guides, and protects a flock. For you to do that day after day week after week, month after month, year after year, you have to take care of yourself. Now, the purpose of tonight's home group is not to say, oh, woe be to all the pastors, it's so bad. No, 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 I'm not even trying to arouse pity. I just think we need to realize pastors face things that maybe most people don't think about. They see him standing there with the Bible and surely he's got the happy life that we all want. And maybe he does but he has issues as well as anybody else. In addition to being a shepherd, he also is a sheep. Every pastor is also a sheep and every pastor needs a pastor. We're out of time, but this has been good.
1: Can I say one word? Sure. Just one word. I just wanna encourage you that when you go to church this weekend, just walk up to your pastor and just say, thank you so much for everything that you're doing for us that will mean a lot to him or her.
0: Amen. Hey, we're out of time, but Father, we thank you for pastors. We pray for you to strengthen them in Jesus name. Amen. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Amen. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.